Hey there, I'm Carla Evans at Boundless Vancouver, and this is Sunday, October 25th, 2020. As you might know, we've started a series on the book of Mark for the past three weeks, and we've just got through the first chapter, where we've seen the introduction of Jesus and the kingdom that he proclaims. Jesus calls his disciples, and they follow, and we see Jesus living out of the power and authority of God. Today, I want to back up a little bit and revisit verses 14 to 20 in this first chapter. I'm going to read verses 14 to 15 first from the message. As Jesus starts his public ministry to Israel, he proclaims the gospel of God. And the message version says, After John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee preaching the message of God. Time's up. God's kingdom is here. Change your life and believe the message. And then we see that Jesus calls his first disciples in verses 16 to 20. Passing along the beach of Lake Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew net fishing. Fishing was their regular work. Jesus said to them, Come with me, I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. They didn't ask questions, they dropped their nets and followed. A dozen yards or so down the beach, he saw the brothers James and John, Zebedee's sons. They were in the boat mending their fishnets. Right off, he made the same offer. Immediately, they left their father Zebedee, the boat, and the hired hands, and followed. In the first chapter of Mark, we've been introduced to, yes, Jesus, but also to the disciples, and they've been cast in a pretty positive light. Peter and Andrew, James and John. The pattern we see here is that these guys were doing their everyday, regular thing. Jesus saw them, Jesus called them, and immediately they follow after him. Sometimes we read through scripture without a second thought, maybe because we've heard this story so many times. I don't know about you, but I find that remarkable and can't really see myself dropping everything and following right then and there. First off, I wouldn't trust someone so easily. I'd probably be more skeptical, would want to watch from a distance for a while to test Jesus out. And secondly, I'd also probably be too concerned about dropping responsibilities so all of a sudden that I'd have to get things covered first, then catch up with him later to see if following him would work out for me. So this sounds fine and dandy, very positive in fact. Remarkable Jesus. Remarkable first disciples. As the book of Mark progresses, however, we know that conflict arises in the story. We know there's conflict between Jesus and Israel. Israel didn't receive Jesus as God's supreme agent. And in fact, the religious authorities saw him as a mortal threat to both themselves and to their nation. This conflict between Jesus and Israel resulted in the extreme of Jesus' death. We see through the Gospel of Mark that Jesus also has some conflict with his disciples. An altogether different kind of conflict, though, since his disciples are not his enemies, but they are his followers. They were on the same team, so to speak. Yet, there was conflict. The conflict between Jesus and his disciples seen in the book of Mark mostly revolves around the disciples' remarkable lack of comprehension and their refusal to come to terms with either the central purpose of Jesus' ministry or the true meaning of discipleship. I want to repeat that. The conflict between Jesus and his disciples 
mostly revolves around a disciple's lack of comprehension and their refusal to come to terms with either the central purpose of Jesus' ministry or the true meaning of discipleship. With this being our Infinitum Life Sunday at Boundless Vancouver, we know the vision of Infinitum Life is Jesus, to follow him, to be a disciple. So I want to explore a little what the nature or practice of discipleship is, or maybe this most basic question, what does discipleship mean? Could it be possible that we are prone, like Jesus' first disciples, to be in conflict with Jesus about the true meaning of discipleship? Maybe we're not having an explicit conversation or argument with him about it, but what about a misunderstanding or a misinterpretation of what Jesus meant when he called you to follow him? Or maybe we can question him along the journey, as though he doesn't know what he's doing with our lives. Also, I wonder, have you ever found yourself reading through a gospel and thinking, oh man, what dense disciples, why don't they just get it? Have you found yourself declaring something like, I totally would not fall asleep in the garden if Jesus asked me directly to keep watch and pray. Or, I would never deny knowing Jesus three times to save my own butt or reputation. Or what about this? What kind of person would betray Jesus for monetary gain? Ridiculous. Or maybe even, of course I know what the true meaning of discipleship is. I've got this down. We can read scripture and laugh at the disciples' expense, but I'm hoping we can be inspired a little today, maybe to laugh at ourselves too, at least to look at ourselves, just in a gentle kind of way with humility. That helps us see how human we are too and prone to getting things mixed up. Perhaps we can get back to the basics a little to remind ourselves of what Jesus' call to discipleship means. During Jesus' time, the idea of discipleship wasn't new. In fact, it was widely accepted by the time Jesus started his ministry. Not surprisingly, however, the way Jesus called people to follow him was clear that he created a unique pattern of discipleship. So today I want to cover more specifically this Christian calling of discipleship that entails being called by Jesus and called to Jesus. There's a lot more to say about discipleship, and certainly this doesn't cover everything. Another time maybe we can go further into some of the other aspects of Jesus' call like the call to obey, the call to serve, the call to a simple life, the call to suffer. But today we're going to look at discipleship, Christian discipleship, being a call that entails being called by Jesus and being called to Jesus. So first, being a Christian disciple involves being called by Jesus. In his book, Discipleship, David Watson points out that the initiation of discipleship in following Jesus was different than the other kinds of discipleship common at that time. For example, in Jewish circles, a disciple would choose his own master and voluntarily join the rabbi's school. Maybe kind of like how we choose a university these days. You shop around and pick the rabbi or professor or school you want to learn from. As we read in the scripture with Jesus and his disciples, The initiative laid entirely with him. The disciples were personally called by Jesus to follow him. 
I know it doesn't exactly translate over, but maybe it's a little more like as if you were being recruited to go to a university. With Jesus, you're chosen by him. Certainly, there were people who approached Jesus and asked about joining him. But it was Jesus who laid out the conditions required to them and always said, Come, follow me. Now, why does this, what may seem subtle, difference make? Or does it make a difference at all? That is, the fact that as disciples of Jesus, we see the calling as coming from him. He's the initiator of the call to follow. Of course, there are many of us who would say, I made a decision for Christ, or I have decided to follow Jesus. And yes, we do make a decision as to whether or not we will follow Jesus. But when we see ourselves as disciples who have been chosen by Jesus, called specifically by him, this alters our attitude towards him, and I believe our relationship with him and how we live out our calling. We can so easily think or act in ways centered on ourselves. We are human. But when it comes to being called, it's a strong sense of calling, of Christ's initiative, of the Spirit's work that enables us to be true followers. It inspires dedication and sacrifice because of the privilege of being chosen. It inspires a sense of responsibility with the work being given. Jesus' words to his followers is recorded in John 15, verses 16 to 17 are this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This I command you, to love one another. Jesus stated it clearly. His disciples were chosen and appointed. And Jesus hasn't changed this plan today. Today, disciples are still chosen and appointed. And let's pick up on that last phrase in verse 17. This last line saying, this I command you to love one another. Jesus calls us to a common discipleship, a call to share our lives both with him and with one another in love. It's by this love that we are known to be Jesus' disciples, and in loving one another, we are fruitful and effective. We're not called to simply follow Jesus. We're also called to do that with our brothers and sisters who have received and accepted that calling too. So just to summarize this first point that I've shared, Jesus sees you, calls you personally. He chooses you. And since he's the initiator of this relationship, he also enables you to do what he calls you to by the promised Holy Spirit. This is not your program. You didn't create it, and you don't lead it. And this truly affects the way we will live. Secondly, when Jesus calls you, you are joined with those he has also called. And you're not called just to tolerate them or be loosely associated with them but you are called to be in loving relationships with other disciples, relationships that will demonstrate God's love to those who witness you in community. So that was our first point about the meaning of discipleship for today. You are called by Jesus. The second point that I wanted to share is that we are called 
to Jesus. Again, this is different from the kind of discipleship that would have been common at Jesus' time. Someone like the Jewish rabbi or even the Greek philosopher expected that their disciples commit to a specific teaching or to a definite cause. Their allegiance would be expected to that doctrine and teaching, that to that school. What is different with Jesus is that his call to people was wholly personal. The call was to him. Jesus' disciples primarily were called to follow him, to be with him, and to commit themselves wholeheartedly to him. It was about being with him, learning directly from him, and being in relationship with him. In fact, Jesus' disciples were called to have faith in him personally and became disciples by repenting and believing in him. Of course, Jesus' disciples were expected to learn what he taught them. But the basic of being a Jesus disciple was to him personally. To demonstrate the nature of this kind of discipleship, in the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament by Kittel, a point made is that it's nowhere stated or even hinted that after the death of Jesus, his teaching was a source of strength to his followers, or that they had the impression of having a valuable legacy in the word of Jesus. But more, their conduct between the crucifixion and resurrection was that they were depressed due to the fate the person of Jesus had faced. What was most significant to them was the relationship they had with Jesus, and now he was gone. In the days after his death, the person of Jesus was the theme of their conversation. And Jesus reminded the disciples after his resurrection that they were to be witnesses to him. They were to tell everyone about him and share their lives together. So not only are disciples called by Jesus, they are called to Jesus. Discipleship means knowing Jesus, loving Jesus, believing in Jesus, and being committed to Jesus. It might seem like maybe we didn't cover a lot here, but I think there's some great opportunity for reflecting on the call by Jesus and the call to Jesus in our own lives. I've put together some questions that we can take as individuals and as a community to reflect on in the week ahead. And I want to share these with you and you'll see them on our site where you can continue to reflect on them and use them. Maybe you can share with someone else when you realized that Jesus was calling you. So this question, when did you realize that Jesus was calling you? Tell others a bit of that story this week. Secondly, do you notice any ways that you might be in conflict with Jesus? Third, how does the fact that you are chosen by Jesus affect the way that you follow him? Or how does the fact that you are chosen by Jesus affect your relationship with him? And finally, what are some things that can get us off track from this primary goal of getting to know Jesus or having a personal relationship with him. Has this happened to you? I pray that as you go into this week ahead, uh, you would be reminded that you are called by Jesus. 
He has chosen you and he has appointed you. And also that you're called to Jesus. Most basically, you're called to be in relationship with him, to know him, to love him, and to be loved by him. So let me pray to conclude. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who came to this earth and lived an example of a holy life, one that leads to true life. We recognize that this pattern where Jesus sees people and calls them, that still happens today. Thank you that you've called us, you've chosen us, and appointed us to do good works, to love you, and to do good things in this world. We pray that you would help us with your grace. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.